0: Righto. is this the biggest episode in Friendly Confines podcast history? Without a doubt,
1: Chad. It is unbelievable that we have the guest that we have for this episode today. Joe Buck. It is Joe unbelievable. Buck. It's incredible. The Joe Buck from Fox Sports is our seventh inning stretch conductor this week. It has been so amazing to get him on this show uh, we are not worthy Chad at all <laughs> but yet somehow he gave us the time of day and this is part one of our two-part interview that you can hear with Joe Buck so we're going to play part one in this episode and then we will play part two in our upcoming episode you don't want to miss it no you he don't so much to say and it's so apropos with the Cubs of course playing the Cardinals this week
0: I love it. And, you know, he's going to be talking about those infamous words or infamous words uh, um, of uh, it could be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series. He talks about his dad. He talks about his history, his career, how he got it start, all those things. But you know what? This is also a Cubs podcast. And so we're going to talk about what's going on with the bullpen. We're going to be talking about what's going on with the offense, the reliance on the home runs. We're going to be talking about absolutely everything that's on your mind as a Cubs fan. The Friendly Confine starts right now. Right now.
1: First inning now, and Chad, the road continues to be a place where the Cubs look unfamiliar and forget how to play baseball. It is absolutely amazing. As they entered this trip, they have not looked good, just being able to take a game in their first two series against Milwaukee and the Giants. And Chad, believe it or not, the Cubs actually have the worst road record in baseball, which, or excuse me, in the National League. Which to me is just mind-boggling to think that they're actually, you know, as of this recording, still tied for first place, but actually still have this problem on the road. And I will sit here and say this, as I always do, if this team cannot figure out a way to win on the road, they're going to have a very early exit should they get there in October. I can't pinpoint what it is. The team can't pinpoint what it is. The players seem just as perplexed. It just seems like a lot of bad luck to some degree, but at the same time, you got to be able to show that you are just as good at home as you are on the road. You see teams like the Atlanta Braves or the Dodgers or, you know, even the Giants have all very solid records on the road. And if the Cubs are going to be elite and they're going to try and compete in the National League, they got to be able to win these games against their opponents on the road, is there anything you have been able to figure out? Because so far, I haven't, nor has anyone ever that we've been able to ask the question to have been able to figure it out. What do you think the issue is? If you have any ideas whatsoever,
0: you know, two thoughts on this. One, and and I know we might disagree on this, but I do actually think it comes down to a preparation issue. I think it comes down, and I think the buck stops with uh, the leader in the clubhouse. I think it, it starts with Joe Madden for some reason the intensity on the road the lightness the the uh the focus on the road isn't there and it, and and you've thrown out enough statistics to uh to share that it's not there so something has to change whether it's an influx of power with somebody uh and and focus with somebody else coming in there um or uh or or who, or who knows but what's concerning as you look ahead ryan The majority of the games, it's just one more, but it could be the difference maker, but the majority of the games in August and September are on the road, and they finish on the road um, the last stretch of the season. So if this doesn't improve, then we are looking at the first non-playoff postseason year in Joe Madden's tenure.
1: Yeah, it's very plausible that that's the case if they can't figure that out. So let's move on to the second inning now, Chad. And of course, what are the big reasons why this team is not winning very much on the road is this ball club in the second half of the year so far has led or been tied in at least every game. And if they're not at least into the seventh inning, and then if they are losing this game, it is because the bullpen has absolutely completely fallen apart. And we have seen countless time and time again, that this bullpen cannot hold leads. Unfortunately, Pedro Strope has for whatever reason lost his magic. I don't know yeah. where it has gone. I don't know if it's a health issue, if he is just not the same player that he was last year it's It's clearly obvious that there is something bothering him and then Craig Kimbrel, who has been nothing short of dominant in every single season he has pitched, all of a sudden looks human and and is not pitching very well, and you know it just this is going to be the thorn in the Cubs side, if they can't get this bullpen, and, and you know, listen, I don't blame Madden at this point. He can only do so much. Now, maybe you can blame him from the sense that we can get into this later about how he's handling the pen to some degree, but he can only put out there the guys that he has in the bullpen, and and they got to get out. And I don't know at this point what Theo and Jed and the front office can do, uh, but they, they got to shore it up with, with more guys because it is just, it is maddening to watch this bullpen on a night in and night out basis because you don't know what's going to happen. You really are sitting on the edge of your seats.
0: I don't know if the solution is more guys. I I look at the the guys that are there, and 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 we can we can both agree that I mean picking up Kimbrel was was the the pickup of the of this season so far within season, and and he has shown. Um, to be about five to six miles an hour off of his typical velocity peak, uh, if you look historically you know statistically now does that mean that he 's going to ramp up and he gets stronger as the year goes on, and historically, he has done that as well, and most pitchers kind of slowly ramp up during the spring training uh, you know i again, I look to the coaching staff and say, what are they doing differently? What are they doing wrong here that is and, and is it madden over engineering things we 'll talk about that in a bit, but you know, C.J. Edwards looked like a shell of what he was in the past, and we and 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 Pedro Strop. You look at his historical numbers; he is he is one of the absolute best relievers in Cubs history. If you look at it historically over the last five years, and he is absolutely having uh, a, a horrible year this year. The only thing that I can think of, and I swore to you up and down. A couple times on this show, and I even said we're not talking about it again. But the only thing I could think of that could even help this team at this point is is Brandon Morrow, if if he's able to come. He is he is he is pitching. Uh, he's doing live batting practice now. He could be a shot in the arm. He has to be. Um. Uh. He has to be. You know, have a chance to 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 ramp up and and affect this team. But right now, that is the only knight in shining armor I can see because the way this team is pitching out of the bullpen, they have to be perfect almost all the time because of the poor offensive support they're getting. And, and so you wonder, can they not handle pressure situations, or as we talked about, or is this just a situation where they have no idea what their skipper is planning to do with them on a night-out and night-in basis? When
1: your two best relievers are just basically ineffective in uh, Pedro Strope and now in Craig Kimbrell, uh, that's not going to bode well for you. I, Steve Ciszek has been the one shining light for this ball club in the bullpen this year. Uh, Brandon Kinsler's also had a decent year as well. But, I mean, other than those two, I mean, Brad Brock, like keep him away from from the mound as much as possible. Uh, You know, Kyle Ryan has been okay. But other than that, I I mean, it is just absolutely baffling to see uh, what happens with this team. So let's move on to the third inning because, uh, Chad, things are starting to get pretty exciting. I'm excited about this because now we're starting to see – that the NL central is, you know, going to be taking shape within the next few weeks as we move into August. And I mean, between the Cubs, the Cardinals and the Brewers, it is getting good. The, the, the Cardinals are playing great baseball right now. They really are hitting on all cylinders right at this moment as the Cubs, you know, and the Cardinals um, are battling it out for the NL central. And, you know, of course the Brewers are just that team that just continues to give the Cubs fits. I, they don't, They don't have good pitching, you know. They're offensively, they're ridiculous. But I mean, they just the Cubs sometimes just have just issues with them. But man, these next few weeks are really going to ultimately show, uh, you know, who is going to take the outright lead in the NL Central because the Cubs got to face the Brewers at home. They got the Cardinals. I mean, the majority of their games is against the NL Central. So this is going to. Finally, show us if the Cubs are worthy of, as you said before, playoff worthy to get to the postseason. And it's going to start this week as they continue against the Cardinals and the Brewers, and then they got the interleague series against an extremely difficult Oakland A-series. But, you know, you got to beat the guys who are in your division, and this is going to be a telling series uh, these next couple, uh, this next week against these two teams it is and i i'm not one to look at this you know, that nine
0: game stretch that that we're, we're you know, in, in in between right now and say this is going to make or break the season because no seasons truly are lost in July and the first week of August because any team can go on a, on a major run. This Cubs team obviously has not gone on that run as of yet. Looking ahead, what's very concerning, if you have concerns about Milwaukee and their offense just dominating, just outscoring everybody, because as you said, the pitching isn't there. If you have concerns about this Cardinal team, this scrappy Cardinal team, well, then don't look in September because between the first week of September to the last week of September, not only are they on the road most of the time, they're facing the Brewers seven times in the first week of August, and they're facing the Cardinals seven times in the last two weeks. I'm sorry in the first first week of September and seven times the Cardinals the last two weeks of September. And so if this Cubs team does not figure out how to to uh, to to step up and play the potential of the superstars they have on their team, they've got to start scoring more runs. This is going to be a potentially not even a wild card season, but this is going to be, you know, this could be a third place finish in the Central, way out of the wild card.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. And listen, we have nothing to complain about. We can't, we can't, you know, say well, you know, this happened or that happened. Listen, the Cubs have it right in front of them right now, and and they have it for the taking. All they have to do is beat these teams, and if they can't beat them straight up one on one between the Cardinals and the Reds and the Pirates and the Brewers. Then to your point, they don't deserve to move on. They don't deserve to go to a playoff series or get to the World Series or for that matter win a championship.
0: You know what my concern is, Ryan? My concern is this team has has recognized the fact that they're gonna not have to buy a drink in this town for the rest of their life. They're gonna be superstars forever. They're gonna be able to show up at every Cubs convention. Have they lost the fire? that we see in these other teams, these scrappy teams that are fighting. That's my biggest concern, and I'm talking the entire lineup. Do they have the fire? Do they want to win this? Because I am not seeing it on a day-in and day-out basis this you're, year.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, people are saying, could this be the 85 Bears? You know, the team that had a lot of talent should have won multiple titles and only that won that one Super Bowl. So let's move on to the fourth inning, Chad. And uh, obviously with, um, the you know, the Cubs – trying to make some deals. One of the deals they made to shore up the bullpen, as we talked about earlier, was uh, the uh, acquisition of reliever Derek Holland from the San Francisco Giants. And uh, Holland, who is kind of a lefty specialist, so to speak, he's kind of a guy who can get outs, you know, hasn't really pitched much so far in uh, the two outings that he's been with the Cubs. But as you said before, I mean, again, He's a complimentary piece, so to speak. He's a guy who you're going to use when there are certain matchups per se, but I can't sit here and say that Derek Holland is going to repair or uh, ultimately be the, you know, guiding light that's going to make this bullpen any better. I mean, maybe it'll help down the line. Maybe there'll be certain instances, but um, I'm hoping at least at some point that uh, we could see some other moves um, down the line what what are your uh takeaways on what the cubs have done so far and what they should be doing even more so
0: it it's a move you know and and they have been saying and 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 sports radio has been saying the journalists have been saying the front office has been saying they need more help uh, more lefty help so this was the guy that was available obviously he was he was uh he was put out on options, uh, and that's why he was able to become available. The Cubs didn't give up a lot. In fact, the Giants are paying most of his salary, so read into that what, what what it may. But they wanted to do a bit of a salary dump, and the Cubs are taking on some of Gray Holland's uh, salary in what could or couldn't be a rebuilding setup year for the Giants, but they just continue to play well and are right there near the, the wild card, just like the other teams. So what I would say about this and, and, and his role and, and Holland's role is – he is enjoy this time because if if, if baseball actually does institute that rule where you have to pitch a minimum of two batters or three batters, the lefty specialists of great uh, of of Greg Holland's time are 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 few and far between. So, is this the last move? Time will tell this week. Obviously, we're going to be covering that. Um, but is this a much needed move? Hey, look good on Sunday, so that works for me.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, fifth inning now, and uh, man, the Cubs. Well, when they're down and out, it certainly appears they are. But then every now and then, they are just uh, offensively uh, absolutely joggernauts. Um, 11 runs in their final game against the Brewers on Sunday. And uh, with the help of multiple home runs from Kyle Schwarber, seven RBIs from him, including a Grand Slam. The Cubs have seven Grand Slams this year, Chad, which is pretty impressive, but I understand that the home run has become such a uh, integral part of you know the game of baseball in today's you know game that they play right I mean strikeouts are up, home runs are up so I get it. But what I think is so key when you're hitting home runs is doing it when runners are on base and the Cubs were able to do that uh, in their last game against the Brewers, but when they are not, scoring runs otherwise unless it's a home run it seems like it has been pretty difficult for this team to execute um on the base paths whether it's through sack flies or singles or doubles whatever the case it's basically kind of home run or nothing now i know this team's got a lot of power and they have a lot of great guys who can you know knock it out of the park but it is a little concerning to me that this team is so reliant on the home run to the point that if they don't get a home run, it's almost like we're not going to be able to see them score in any other capacity. Um, I mean, is this just more of a situation where, you know, listen, the home run is what it is. And we are just focused on scoring because the long ball is the way that we are executing runs. Or do the Cubs need to figure out a way to be better in situational hitting and, and be able to score more runs without necessarily hitting a home run every time at the plate.
0: You know, if you're a fan of small ball, if you're a fan of situational hitting, baseball's not for you anymore. I I, I hate to share that with you, but the, the st- statistics show that. It's, it's it's with the shifts, with the advanced analytics, with all of the different pieces, uh, it's now about the long ball. It's about generating runs that way. We're, the Cubs are not alone in that respect, and I'll throw some numbers at you to kind of back that up. But it got – it. it was pretty – Interesting, you know, in, in the last week, the Cubs scored, um, uh, let's see, 19, their, their runs were scored by home run, 19 straight runs, and there were people on base of those times, 19 straight runs were scored because of a home run, not a single, double, or triple, but a home run. Um, knocking in those runs. and that obliterated their record, which had, had been had stood for about 30 years. Uh, so the, the challenge we have with that is is if they don't figure something out in terms of being able to work walks or, or, uh, or find ways to generate runs. So in other words, find some way to throw a little bit of small ball in there, um, you're going to see more of this pretty much going through. So the, the good news here that I want to share with you, the Cubs in the National League Central, They are leading the central as of this recording, um, with, uh, with both, uh, with, with 530 runs. And, and that's quite a bit more of the Brewers who are a powerhouse and quite a bit more than the Cardinals, um, but they've also got 166 homers, which is third in the national league. And so, uh, the brewers who have less runs actually have more home runs than the Cubs. So the brewers who we're looking at, and you mentioned it, were like such a powerhouse. They're actually out homering the Cubs, um, which I'm actually surprised it's not more than 10. So, um, I think this is baseball now, Ryan. I just think this is the way it is. Um, the challenge that I have is, is, uh, Um, are they going to find a way um, for some of these other players to step up and find um, an ability to to change up their swing a little bit? Because this game's going to adapt. There are going to be guys that are going to be able to work against the shift, and the shift is going to be obliterated that way, and everybody else is just trying to launch one into the stands. But this is baseball now, and I don't think we're going to see any changes, and I think we're going to see a Homer-happy playoffs right into the World Series.
1: Yeah, that's a shame, too, because I am a fan of small ball, and I do like to see – you know, guys execute runs in other ways. Home runs are great. The greatest, the
0: greatest inning in Cubs history, Ryan, the 10th inning against Cleveland. That was the greatest small ball inning um, in the history of baseball and the greatest game ever played.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, home runs are great. I'm never going to, like, complain about home runs. But there is something to be said about the value of a home run, and the value of a home run has certainly gone down in this era of baseball. So, uh, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. All right. So, speaking of value, uh, the 6th inning now, Ed, Joe Madden, who, uh, you know, again, we've talked about him on the show multiple times, Chad. I've always been of the belief that whoever won the Cubs World Series as manager would have a statue built of him, would be able to manage the team as long as they possibly would want to manage the team but there is a very real possibility that after this season joe madden will no longer be the manager of the chicago cubs and part of it is because of potentially the way he is managing this ball club this year Um, a lot of people are pointing to the way he has managed the pitching staff maybe not letting the starters go longer than when they should be going longer over, you know, just make, you know, basically bur- overburdening the bullpen to the point where these guys are gassed on a night in a night out basis. And that's why and part of the reason why the bullpen has not been as good as maybe it should be. Um, you know, there, there's lots of reasons. And, and, and of course, people are also pointing to the fact that maybe Theo and Jed are not on the same page with Joe as it comes to the lineup um, and the way he changes the lineup. It's crazy to me to think this. I love Joe Madden, I really do. Um, but you can probably make the case this year that to some degree, and listen, uh, you know, Joe Madden. you know, people are saying he's overmanaging. You know, listen, there are great managers that have overmanaged in this league. Tony La Russa, who's probably top five manager of all time, was notorious for overmanaging his team. Um, you know, so I, I just again, I know people want to, you know, basically point the finger and figure that Joe is to blame to some degree, which I guess he is. He is the manager. But at the end of the day, I mean, to think that he is not possibly going to be managing this team in 2020 is just mind boggling to me. But do you put a, a lot of blame on Joe this year for the way he has managed this ball club?
0: You know, it, it, this it, it, if anybody is looking at Joe this year and raising their hands and, and, and frustrated because, you know, he's doing something different and he's overmanaging that ain't happening. You, again, you could look back to, to, to every season he's ever, ever been with with the Cubs and he will go down in history. It, it might be a short tenure, but he's going to be he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of, of managers for the Cubs. He, he is. A, he's He is legendary status for that reason. Um, he he has always tinkered. He's always made decisions, whether it's with the lineup, whether it's the leadoff, whether it's how you're managing the bullpen that just makes you scratch your head. I mean, in the past week, you know, there, there were, you know, two different times where there wasn't a fan on Twitter that didn't shake their head about him pulling the pitcher in two cases, Hendricks and in Lester, uh, what everybody thought was two innings to, you know, an inning too soon, even maybe even longer than that. And so it's very frustrating um, and But this is Joe Madden. This is how he go about his business. He has always put his thumbprint on every game he's ever managed. And my prediction, Ryan, is I don't think we will see Joe uh, in Mesa next spring. And I think we're going to see somebody probably that nobody has on their radar right now, somebody that's going to work better with the front office because the front office is signed through you know, the heyday of, of this young talent, this young core. And I think this this front office is going to need a little bit more consistency and fire. And I'm telling you, when I started this first first inning on this episode, I just don't think, Joe, I think that Buck stops with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it's a fair point. And the way that baseball is going today, you look at what the Yankees are doing, what the Red Sox are doing. I, I mean, that is kind of the way of which the Minnesota Twins I mean, you look at all these teams now that are leading their division or have won World Series in the past, even the Braves, and the big-name manager is going by the wayside because of the way the game is played and how it is so dominated by the front office. So, yeah, I, I don't expect Joe Madden to be back next year either. Expect somebody, like you said, that nobody's really talking about. I don't think it's going to be Joe Girardi. I don't think it's going to be David Ross. No, maybe no. Mark Loretta. Maybe, but I doubt that because then that would just be kind of a, you know, one of the guys who's laid over from the other staff. I think we're going to see a fresh start with this with this team with a guy who's going to bring up a fresh perspective. And like you said, it's going to be somebody that we've never heard of before. So I I totally understand that one hundred percent. time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines and chad we have had some tremendous guests over the years here on this podcast but i can honestly say we have uh, hit the jackpot and the absolute lottery today uh with our guest uh from fox sports the number one broadcaster. He has uh, been doing Super Bowls, the World Series, the U.S. Open. You name a huge event, and he has done it. It is the one and only Joe Buck joining us here on the Friendly Confines. Joe, I don't know if you lost a bet or not to come on this program, but we'll take it. Welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan.
2: Yeah, oh, my God. I'm happy I'm happy to do it. Uh, I got the email that uh, one of you two guys sent, and it uh, – <laughs> I I responded just because uh, the way you worded it. So well done, you hooked me, and now here we are talking Cubs for the next X amount of minutes. <laughs> well, I'll take Love full
1: it. credit for the email. That was all me. So if you tell me I hooked you, I will I will take that to my grave. So thank well, you I for mean, that. I mean, I get
2: it. You know, if, if you're doing a podcast and you're putting lines in the water and trying to get somebody to do, somebody to say yes, I've tried to book shows. I had a show on HBO. That rapidly became the Artie Lang experience uh, <laughs> back in the day, like 2010, I think it was 2009, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, and even at HBO, it was hard to book people. Uh, so I get it, and uh, I'm always happy to help when I can.
1: Well, it is such a, such an awesome thing of you to do, and appreciate you hanging out uh, hanging out with us for. The next few minutes. Of course, you can find Joe on Twitter at Buck. And don't forget, Joe has a tremendous book that's out. I read it myself, um, which was actually the original way I was connected with Joe. Lucky Bastard is the name of the book. Uh, my Life, My Dad, and the Things I'm Not Allowed to Say on TV. I can honestly say, Chad, it is an inc- incredible read. Uh, and Joe is just really raw. And we're, we're going to talk about the book a little bit as well. But Joe, first, let's just talk about the Cubs a little bit uh, as we uh, talk uh, some some Cubs baseball here at first Uh, it seems like it's just been a Jekyll and Hyde situation for this team at Wrigley they seem to be basically unbeatable but then on the road they they forget how to play baseball it seems like from what you've maybe been able to see of this team is there anything that you can potentially pinpoint as to why this team plays so much better at Wrigley and then terrible on the road?
2: You know, let's let's start this first answer off with with this understanding. You guys know way more about the Chicago Cubs in 2019 than I do, and way more about the history of the Chicago Cubs than I do. I'm just a, a guy that I'm uh, um, um, my dad's son, uh, grew up in St. Louis, and I'm lucky enough to do these games nationally. And, and I know we're going to get into 2016 and. And what that was like in my career and in my life. Uh, but I, I've done a couple of their games this year. I, I just, I, I didn't love their pitching coming into the start of the season. To answer your question specifically, uh, when we've sat down with Joe Madden uh, in, for the couple of games that I've done this year, and both games were Cardinals Cubs. Um, He was talking about how the wind has predominantly been blowing in and how their pitching has been able to take more advantage of that at home than any team that's come in as a visitor at Wrigley this season. Uh, Beyond that, I don't, you know, splits are something that, for the most part, unless it's right-handed against right-handed pitchers or lefty on lefty, splits don't really do that. Uh, don't do a whole lot for me. So as far as home and road, it's just tough to figure. You know, for the longest time, the Cubs would struggle, and I had friends that would end up playing there. And and they really believed that, you know, with the number of day games that, that they were playing at Wrigley compared to the typical baseball life and the typical baseball schedule uh, and, and the way the stadium used to be with, with kind of antiquated facilities, they thought it was a big disadvantage playing at Wrigley. I think a lot of that's gone now, you know, with obviously more night games, uh, better batting cages, better facilities. You know, these guys are – if I was a Chicago Cup player, I'd live at Wrigley Field with the way they've they've built up uh, their clubhouse and kind of the underneath of that stadium. So I, it, it's, it's hard for me as an outsider to say, here's why they've been good at home and bad on the road. I think some of that stuff just becomes luck and happenstance, and certain guys pitch better at home than they do on the road. But it's just been that kind of season. It's not just Chicago. It's the Cardinals. It's the, it's the uh, Brewers. It's the Pirates. It's, uh, nobody can get on any consistent role in the Central Division, and, and this division is as uh, wide open and maybe, maybe as mediocre as it's been in a long time.
0: Hey, Joe, it's Chad here, and you you, you touched on the pitching, and, and obviously yeah, you're not studying this team like we are on a daily basis. Uh, you look at this team, and, and, and you saw them at their absolute peak in 2016, uh, and, and they've had a really a dominant run being the winningest team since 2015 in terms of, of winning percentage. They've got the core of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and Contreras. Most, most teams I think would, would love that. Most fan bases would love that. Are you surprised this team hasn't been more dominant with the core they have, or do you think baseball has changed so much that there are, there are many more good teams that, that have figured out all of the, the all the tricks of the trade? Nobody's going to really surprise people with any secret weapons.
2: Yeah, I, I think my answer is uh, is yes to both. Um, I, I am surprised that you know they've had a good run. You know, it, this has been a good run. It's obviously been a run that's included one world championship and we all know how long it had been. And that's what made 2016 so great, you know, for me as a broadcaster and, and beyond that for every cup man out there and for those players, but they have gone to the playoffs every year under Jill Madden. So it's not like they, you know, they've been struggling and scuffling and, and watching everybody else play in October. They've been there, but yeah, I, I just think with that core that you mentioned, those three are about as good a three as any team can come up with. Now, obviously, Bryant had the shoulder injury last year. He looks like he's back. Rizzo can get on roles where he looks absolutely uh, impossible to, to retire. Uh, standing on the plate, just looking at one of the most imposing guys, I think, in the league uh, with the way he approaches at-bats. And like I've said ten times, I think, already on the air, when Joe Madden describes uh, Baez by saying if he lays off the slider outside of the strike zone, he's Manny Ramirez with the bat. I I just haven't been – I've been more impressed with Javi Baez uh, and his maturation at the plate and the way he's grown, uh, maybe more than anybody that I've seen in the game in in quite a while. I I thought he was going to be all glove, free swinger, You know, hit his home runs, uh, but strike out a ton. And it just had that hasn't obviously been the case. He's just progressively gotten better and better. Contreras uh, is a really good player. I know uh, he's either on or is just off the disabled list or the the injured list. Uh, but but there's a core there that you love. I just think that baseball has gotten a lot younger, and and I see a lot of the teams that are exciting, like a team in Minnesota. Even the Yankees, uh, which you would never put in that category, but because of all their injuries, they've just gone from one young guy to the next. And, you know, that they've been able to tread water or succeed and really run away with the AL East while the, the core of their team has been, uh, has been battling to overcome injuries. I, I think that, that there, there's a lot of, I don't want to say mediocrity, but I, I think that there's a, a, a level in this game now that everybody's pretty close to the midline, and you just don't see teams outside of, I don't know, three maybe this year. Uh, and the Yankees are one of them, the Dodgers are one of them, and I still think Houston is loaded. Uh, that, that really blows you away or disappoints you. Everybody just kind of comes along at a pretty good pace, and the Cubs have done that this year, and they've done that for the most part under Joe Madden.
1: We're talking with Joe Buck from Fox Sports. Of course, you can catch Joe uh, doing Major League Baseball, the Super Bowl, the U.S. Open. Uh, he, he's called all the big events, and uh, certainly just kind enough to join us here on the friendly confines as our seventh inning stretch conductor. Uh, Joe, would you say? And I know it's it may be you know tough at this point, but looking at the National League and obviously the Dodgers, the Braves. There's you know some solid teams in there, but. If if you were to look at it pragmatically, do the Cubs still look like the favorite in the National League, or, or you can't say that definitely right now?
2: Well, to me, they're the favorite in the division for sure. Um, and, and I'm you know as we sit here in talk, we've got less than ten days till the trading deadline, and so you know we could talk the first of August, and the landscape could look a lot different. I, I have a feeling the Cubs will add uh, and add wisely uh, before the trading deadline, and and that could bolt them right to the head of the class. But I I think, you know, it's hard to look at records these days and go, oh, my God, that team is just phenomenal. How are you going to beat them? And I'm thinking of the Dodgers, and I'm even thinking of the Yankees when I say that because you have the ability now with more games against your division and bad divisional teams – that are tanking or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it. And you can pump up your record to the point where, you know, you can build an insurmountable lead, but then when it comes to October, it's a different animal altogether. And and so I, I don't get really wrapped up in the overall record or to say the Dodgers are running away with the NL West. They're going to win the West. They've been in the World Series the last couple of years. Are they better uh, than they were the last couple of years? Maybe because Bellinger – Looks like he's a legit contact guy more now. Uh, he was sitting in the postseason last year against certain starters. They, they are a better team than they have been, but uh, I, I still like I, I like the Cubs' experience. I, I like uh, I, I, I love the manager, um, and and I like what they've done with their bullpen. I think they have a lot of ways they can get you out at the end of games when it's a best-of-five or a best-of-seven series. So who's the favorite? I don't know. But I, I wouldn't look at the Dodgers, the Braves. You know, that's another great example of a team that's just beating up on the bottom end of their division. And the record, you know, once October comes around, it's really your, your top three starters and how good your lineup and how good's the back end of your bullpen. And the rest of the stuff doesn't matter.
0: Joe, we're gonna we want to talk about some of your 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 career moments. We want to talk about the Cubs Cardinal rivalry. We want to talk about your dad. Um, obviously, we want to talk about 2016 as well. And so, so many, uh, you know, you were there. You were there at that the highlight of of, of of every living Cubs fan, uh, uh, the, just the the crescendo of their 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 being at that moment. And you had the the, the, the call. It's going to be a tough play, Bryant. The Cubs have won the World Series. What what did that moment in history mean to you, knowing all of the weight that was on that ball that was thrown over to Rizzo.
2: Yeah, I, it, I felt it. You know, you, it, you felt sitting up there in the booth like you were counting how many times the ball, uh, how many revolutions the ball had going across the diamond over to first base because it was that big. You know, that that's one of those where you're kind of holding your breath, calling it because you don't want to mess it up, and there's just so much history biting on it, and you get a a seven-game series, and you get ten innings in game seven, and you've got an Indians team that's dying to win, and you've got a Cubs team that's so sick of of hearing about 1908 and all the stuff that goes with it. Um, It it was intense, and I said going in, I wrote a little piece with Michael Rosenberg, who uh, I wrote my book with, it was in that side that I said it would be the highlight of my career, and not my baseball career, but it would be the highlight of my career uh, to see that happen and to, to get a chance to call it. And it, it didn't disappoint. Uh, it And I said that, and it came out in St. Louis, and people were, "Oh, your dad would be rolling over in his grave. And, and those are people that didn't know my dad because the, the, my dad – would have said and felt the same thing when you've got when you've got a team that hadn't won since before World War One, and you've had so many great players and so many great versions of that team, and all the history at Wrigley Field, and you're sitting in that stadium in a World Series for the first time since 1945, you feel all that stuff, and it, it's it's different. It was it was even different than calling the Red Sox winning it in 2004. It just had another layer to it because the Red Sox had been there. Uh, hadn't won it, but at least they'd been there in the World Series. So it, it was, uh, it was kind of breathtaking and satisfying and emotional in a weird way to, to see it happen, uh, and to get a chance to call it. And, you know, y'all, it, it's not unique to Chicago. I get it every year because I'm the national voice and I'm not there to call it for either side. So when fans hear you get excited for, in that World Series, a Kipnis, a brown or a Rajai Davis home run to tie it. That's my job. I, I have to do that. And, and so fans aren't used to hearing that from your great announcers that do the Cubs. And so you're dealing with all that stuff and all that noise on the outside. And then you just crawl into your booth and you kind of uh, cut yourself off from the rest of the world. And you concentrate, and bear down, and do your job. And, and that was one of the most satisfying two weeks of, of my professional life, if not the most.
1: Chad, that was a lot of fun, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Yes, My it was. Goodness, our thanks to Joe Buck. We were not worthy uh, for <laughs> him being so kind to talk to us. Um, and that was part one of our interview for him to talk to us, two losers. Man, that was pretty awesome to uh, have him on the line and just be able to chat with him for the last uh, 15 minutes.
0: It really was. You know, his, his book is, uh, we talked about lucky bastards. We are the lucky bastards here. He, and, and you're going to want to listen to part two. You know, he digs into some really personal stories about, uh, um, that, that he covers in, in the book that we just talked about, but he also talks about, um, some stories about his dad. So if you're one of those rare Cardinal fans that listens to this, you're going to hear some great Cardinal stories as well, but that was a thrill and he was so gracious and just, uh, just, just a lot of fun spending that half an hour with Joe.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And like Chad said, stay tuned for part two. That is next week. And of course you can find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan D Lieber, and you can find Chad at Cubs confines. We're always welcoming you guys to interact with us and share what's on your mind to talk about some Cubs baseball.
0: And uh, of course I keep on saying this. If you are on the Facebook and I know you are make sure you join the Chicago Cubs friendly confines Facebook page. We have game updates, uh, ticket opportunities, uh, um, anything and everything. It's a great community. Make sure you join that. Uh, and, uh, as always, we just really appreciate each and every one of you listeners. Um, if you could do us a favor, if you're listening on an Android device, we know you're probably listening on Spotify or, or maybe you're listening on the anchor app. If you are listening on on an iPhone, um, and you go through the podcast app. If you can, please take a moment, give us a rating, write us a review, though we have actually catapulted up the search results when people look for uh, Chicago Cubs or Cubs baseball. And it's through those things right there, helping us re- with review and ratings. We appreciate you listeners. And and for that, we're going to give you great interviews week in and week out. For instance, Joe Buck. I can't wait to wait to see who we have next, Ryan.
1: Yeah. Well, it's always exciting. I feel like we always just pull these interviews out and somehow we, we end up, they end up saying yes, for whatever reason, I'm not going to complain. Um, All right. So let's move on to the eighth inning, Chad. And of course, uh, well, when we're talking about guys that the Cubs uh, are looking to acquire uh, one already in the mix is Ben Zobrist, who of course, had been taking a leave of absence for the last few months as he was dealing with some personal issues as it regards to his, um, Go you know, his his divorce with yeah. his with his wife. Um, Zobris is going to begin a rehab assignment, according to uh, Theo Epstein. And maybe September would be around the time that he could potentially rejoin the team. So again, I'm not going to put everything on a 38-year-old who's been inactive for the last three months to say, hey, he's the savior that's going to, you know, revive this Cubs offense or place him outfield in second base. Certainly Zobris will help, but um, I I guess my question is, is really how much of an impact is Zobris going to have? Because really, I mean, even before he left for the, you know, uh, time that he did, he wasn't really having a great year. He's only able to play on a part time basis. So while it's great to have Zober's back in the lineup, he certainly can provide some veteran leadership. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be like an overwhelming uh, return in the sense that he is going to provide that like offensive yeah. and defensive spark that this team is going to need down the
0: stretch. I'm 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 going to lead this off by by not talking about Ben but talking about Daniel Descalso. Every time that you would hear in the clubhouse about his value, they would talk about veteran leadership and and just having that presence and showing the other players like how to go about their business. But when you when you can't crack 180 um, and you're 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 just you're you're a below average player, it that that you don't really need that um As much as you need somebody. So if Ben's just going to come back and provide that veteran leadership and that's something they need, that's fantastic. I am very much like you I don't have a lot of faith that that, that an older gentleman um, and we are just a little bit older than him but an older gentleman um, that uh, it, it didn't have the benefit of working his way through spring training working his way through the season um, finding the peaks and valleys that he can come in and, and have a presence um, and an impact in the last month and a half or re- probably he's going to be he, if he were to come in uh, he has to come in by the end of August August 31st so really just that last month, uh, it, it could be a great feel-good story. It could be exactly what this Cubs team needs. Um, and I am going to just pull back and say optimistically, you know what, if if he wants to be a part of this team and he and, and he's going to take the role of somebody like Daniel Descalso that we can't carry both those guys, then that's fantastic. Let him bring what he can bring to the table. But I'm not holding out a lot of hope that we're going to see an all-star month out of him.
1: Uh, Tommy LaStella, where are you when we need you? Oh.
0: Tommy, who knew? Who Can't knew? Even talk about it. Who knew?
1: All right, let's wrap things up here in the ninth inning, Chad. And uh, you mentioned Descalzo, uh, another guy who is now back in AAA. And thankfully, uh, so for that matter, is Addison Russell. Uh, you know, Russell has just obviously lost his way. I mean, certainly his personal issues have been a major factor in all of this. But I think mentally he is just not there. Uh, he has just not been able. He, he's tried but he is just not able to pull it together um, after everything that he has gone through. Yeah. I thought it was best that the Cubs would have just traded him altogether. I, I understand the Cubs were trying to see, well, maybe if he comes back and he starts to show he can play again. I, I just don't think it can work that way. I think sometimes you just need a fresh start and you just got to take pennies on the dollar for somebody like that. And the Cubs weren't willing to do that. And now Addison Russell takes his two forty-seven batting average back to triple a Iowa where he's going to try and figure some things out. I don't expect him to be back with the big league club. No. I mean, that could no. easily, you know, potentially change with an injury, but I do not expect him to be back on, on the other side. Cole Hamels uh, had a rehab start a few days ago uh, in Iowa, and he is expected to return to the Cubs. Joe Madden uh, said actually that he expects his next start, Hamels's next start to be with, the big league club so that would be good news i know you have talked before that you don't think hamels necessarily is uh ever going to be right considering he's had a similar injury to what you had had and just kind of the rehab that goes with it but uh why don't you just yeah, take a you know a minute here to give your thoughts on the russell situation and um obviously if hamels can potentially provide anything from a pitching rotation standpoint to uh, get back and be able to contribute something at this point.
0: You know what I'll say, Ryan, you know, the the starting pitching hasn't been the problem. You could look at the last couple of weeks and the starters have, have absolutely been pretty solid, even the spot starters here and there. Um, so Cole coming back, uh, is Cole at 85%. Um, is he going to, I mean, he would, he, he had the makings of one of our staff aces before this happened, before he went down. So my concern is that oblique is in a spot where it is going to affect his, his effectiveness. And so all eyes, mine included, yours included, all eyes are going to be watching that first start to see um, if he still has the same movement. If he still has the same ball placement for Addison Russell, um, you know, my hope is, is it's completely different. And there's so many side stories here. We're not going to talk about that. We've talked about that ad nauseum. You know, my hope is it's a Tyler Chatwood situation because Tyler was not in his frame of mind and he, he came back in the, in the spring training and he's been very effective and he's been worth his money this year. But I honestly don't think we're going to see that out of Addison. I, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, basically, you know, What if you were from the very beginning of your athletic career, you were the most revered, the most cheered. What if you were the most loved team? And let's be very honest here. The shortstop of a major league baseball team, that's the alpha male. That is the absolute best. And so my concern is can Addison Russell play with the black cape? Can he be the villain? Can he be the guy that's going to be booed for the rest of his career and still be effective, good, and a superstar. I don't think he can, um, and I think the best thing for him is a redemption story somewhere else.
1: Yeah, totally true. I mean, listen, it's not the worst thing in the world to get a fresh start somewhere else. I mean, you can blossom, and again, it just hopefully he learns from it. I understand the Cubs' hesitance of trying to just hold on to him for whatever they can to, you know, see if he can you know, work his way back, but it doesn't always end that way. And maybe it's time to just say, okay, we, we got to cut our losses and, and be done with it.
0: Ryan, I, I hate the fact that we're going to end this episode on this black cloud, dark cloud, you know, with Addison, um, because that is not what this show's about. This is part one of the two greatest episodes in Friendly Confines history. We got Joe Buck, everybody. So part two is coming up next week. So no matter what happens to the Cubs,
1: you better listen. That's right. If you're going to listen to any episode in this podcast, this is the one that you want to definitely stay tuned for. So make sure to do that. And part two, as you mentioned, is coming up next week. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad, I'm Ryan. Let's go Cubs. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. See you at the ballpark, everybody.
0: Just a game For I've seen other teams And it's never the same When you're born In Chicago, you're blessed And
1: you're a field The first time you walk
2: Into Wrigley
0: teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and
2: you're a field the first time you walk into